I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robison, and you know, there's a lot of talk about the state of the world, the state of our countries here in the West, the United States, Canada, even Australia. I mean, there's there's a lot going on, uh, and much has changed in my lifetime. Um, and if you pay any attention, not just to current events, but to history, you see some things kind of repeating themselves. Well, we're going we're gonna to look at uh, one of the most notorious periods of time in our world history and, and see if we can learn anything about maybe what's going on today in the world. And so I'm excited to have a radio show host, television host, author, um, Eric Metaxas with me today because he has a new documentary based on a best-selling book called Letter to the American Church that I think you'll find very interesting. It's some things that I have kind of noticed uh, you know, over the years, but man, Eric has got it all down and it's very powerful. So take a look at this and then we will talk with Eric Metaxas. I'm convinced that the American church has arrived at a significant moment of truth. We are only 75, 80 years removed from three separate regimes that killed 60 to 70 million people intentionally. The parallels with where the American church is now to where the German church stood in the face of the Nazi regime are unavoidable and grim. Churches need to understand really what Marxism is, which is to destroy the church, to destroy the word of God. So if you capture the seminaries, you capture the pastors, you capture the laity, you capture the soul of the world. Christianity is not just about saying Jesus loves you and then going to heaven one day, but that there's a war that's raging. The church is weakening, which is why Marxism is ascendant in America today. This is the hour of the American church. Wow. Uh, we're going to tell you how you can see this, how you can maybe host a screening if you're interested. But uh, right now we're going to talk to the man behind it. Eric Metaxas, welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you today. Thanks for having me, Randy. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm sort of the man behind it. I'm the man behind the book, Letter to the American Church. Uh, but it was not my idea to make the film. Uh, <laughs> I was speaking at a church in California and... Uh, two women who were Hollywood veterans said, this needs to be a documentary film. And I said, really? <laughs> wow. I never, never, never even went through my head that that was a possibility. I just felt this urgent message to speak to the church, you know, but they uh, not only had the idea, they made it happen and they have made a great film. I mean, it's, it's really extraordinary. A lot of documentaries, Christian conservative, you know, they're not <laughs> great films. This is really well done. I have to say it kind of sets the bar and I'm, I'm excited because we want to get this message out to as many people uh, as the Lord would uh, allow to hear it. So going back um, to your book and the documentary now, uh, what, what, I mean, you've, you're, you've done a deep dive into history and you know, I, I'm, 
if you're like me, you're like, the, all the Nazi comparisons get old. It's like, oh, he's a Nazi, she's a Nazi, we're a Nazi, wouldn't you like to be a Nazi too, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, so, um, but you know, I, I, I've seen, got that reference. Yeah. I just want to say, I know. Beat well, pepper, drink, Dr. Right. Pepper. I'm, I'm from Texas, we're Dr. Pepper people. Okay. Wouldn't like to be a pepper too. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't like to be a Nazi too. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I've got it. Thanks for straightening that out. Um, yeah. So, but here, here's, as I've even in, done some studies, to me, I mean, I'm like, it's not so much like the Nazi thing. That was sort of the tail end of, of a whole process. To me, it, the, the interesting period are the 1930s. Um, and I've gone, boy, this, this looks familiar. But you, you've really, you, you're the expert on this. What, what, what are some of the things maybe for people that might be skeptical to go, okay, no, these are the things in history that are repeating themselves that we can see in our culture today. And yes, there's some differences, but the core battle is the same well it's similar on many levels first of all the main point is the church Hmm. the church um you know if you're talking about what happened in soviet russia it's different the russian orthodox church was kind of you know it's a different story we're talking about germany was a protestant country it was a country that was dramatically christian loaded with christians um proud of their christian faith they're in the center of the west They're just like we are today in so many ways. So what happened there for evil to rise in a place like that, you know, we're not talking about China. We're not talking about the Chinese cultural revolution. We're talking about the center of the same kind of civilization in the West that most of us are familiar with in America for evil to rise in a place like that. How could that happen? Mm. And it's why the story of the Nazis is such a nightmare. But I think for us to act like, oh, it's an outlier, there's nothing like it, it's just this bizarre thing, don't compare anything to the Nazis, that'll never happen again. Why would you say that? Uh, in other words, we are maybe, we're over familiar with it, um, but but are we really familiar with it? You know, like, do we really understand the details of what happened? Because when you look at the t- details of what happened, you start saying there's there's a lot. I mean, when I wrote the Bonhoeffer book, that's what I noticed because my mom grew up in Nazi Germany. And I, when you start to drill down into what really happened, not just the cartoon version, you know, Hitler's evil and they killed all these Jews and that's that's it. No, that's not it. How did it get to a place where this evil was able to rise? Uh, Hitler didn't just come in and take over with guns. Yeah, how did it? How did he get in there? How were the people prepared? Uh, not to stand against the evil of the Nazis. What were their blind spots that allowed evil to take a foothold and to silence the church? Mm. The parallels are are scary to where we are in America. It's a scary thing. Here here you have um, in Germany, as I said, a largely Christian country, Mm -hmm. but evil comes into it. Now, what does evil do? Evil doesn't say, hey, I'm evil. You know, the devil doesn't say, I'm the devil. He comes as an angel of light. So they come in, the Nazis come in, they're not advertising their end game. Right. And many of the Nazis didn't even have an end game. Okay. Hitler wrote what he wrote in Mein Kampf, but most of the Nazis, oh, they just wanted a strong Germany. They just wanted to, you know, win back some of what they had lost in, in World War One, uh, the the injustice of the Versailles Treaty. Uh, Germany had been crushed by the Allies. They just wanted justice, right? Yeah. But what did the what what did Bonhoeffer see? when the Nazis were first rising, that most Germans and most Christians did not see. That that sounds like a pun, did not see. Yeah. Uh, Nazi, sorry. Oh, um, sorry. But, yeah. but what, what did Bonhoeffer see happening? And I wanna say that 
this is the subtlety of it, right? In other words, you you have a country that in many ways is blessed uh, with tremendous civilization and culture, just like America is. And so in a way you let your guard down because you're, you're not at war. You're, you're basically, um, you know, you're, you're, you're a rich civilization. You don't think that kind of wicked stuff could happen right. here. Right. The German Christians were convinced that that kind of stuff, that stuff that was going to happen in their future, that could never happen in Germany. Mm. It could not happen in Germany. They were convinced that uh, they didn't need to do anything about it. Now, the, the church, first and foremost, had really the power to do something, and they didn't do it. And so that's, to me, the, the first parallel with today, when you start saying, like, okay, look, Bonhoeffer's trying to wake up the church in Germany and say to them, you don't see what's coming. I'm here to tell you, if you're not going to be vocal, if you're not going to stand against this, you don't know how bad it can get. Hmm. We now, from history, can see how bad it got. We can see that that, that was not just... Uh, you know, scare tactics. Yeah. We can see that satanic evil was unleashed on a level that any of our, us would have our minds boggled if we come near anything like that. The German church was unwilling to see that if they were silent, this could happen in Germany. They just said, we don't believe it. Yeah. And we're going to do nothing. We're going to just, we're going to just going to do church. We're going to act as though, you know, this is, has no relationship to what we do in our church. And Bonhoeffer was trying to get them to see, no, no, no. If you believe what the scripture says, your job is to stand against evil. The Lord calls you to stand, to be the front line, stand against evil. The church is supposed to be the conscience of the state, not to be behind the eight ball and let other people do that. We're supposed to be the conscience of the state. So the German church missed it big time. Bonhoeffer tried and tried, tried to warn them, but he couldn't get enough of them to take it seriously. They really believe that, that that just can't happen in America. It's just not gonna happen. I mean, sorry, it's not gonna happen in Germany. Just yeah. like today in America, there are many people that believe that, you know, how bad can it get? Well, I'm here to tell you, my mother grew up in Nazi Germany. Uh, my father grew up in Greece where the, where the communists tried to take over. When you see communism up close, when you see Marxism, atheist Marxism up close, you see the viciousness of people who have no principles except power. They're going to do, they'll do anything. They'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll steal. They'll do anything they need to get power. We're not used to that in America. We're used to people that, you know, we've got a different point of view, but we're all sort of the same. Well, people who espouse cultural Marxist, atheistic thinking, they're not the same. They have totally different rules. Mm -hmm. So that's when the Nazis came in. The church couldn't really comprehend that they are barbarian forces. They're, 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 they're here to win. They'll crush us. They'll say anything, do anything including lie about who they are and where they're going. And the German church failed. The American church, to my mind, is in exactly the same position. We're comfortable. We've been comfortable. We've been blessed. We cannot imagine the evilness of evil. We've not seen it in our country. And I think that what's happened in the last few years, we've gotten a taste of it. When you see drag queen story hour, little children being exposed to this like satanic, uh, wicked uh indoctrination mm. transgender lunacy you start thinking what is happening this is this is not you know the normal thing this is this is out of bounds this is crazy when you see people advocating for open borders and saying we don't we don't believe in a sovereign nation just let anybody come in you think well wait a minute wait a minute we want to love the stranger but you can't have an open border anybody could come in terrorists can come in chinese nationals yeah. can come in we have enemies we gotta have a border you have people now on the left in our 
government, mainly on the left, but you got rhinos too, who say, you know what, um, we, we think borders are racist. There's a level of crazy and evil that I think your average American is waking up and they're saying, we've never seen anything like this before. And I think the Lord has allowed these things, uh, allowed corruption in our justice system, FBI coming after pro-lifers, yeah. We have never seen this in America, and the Lord is allowing it to wake up his church and say, church, this is just the beginning of what will happen if you don't do your job. Your job, church, is to be the church, not to play church, not to do church, not to go to church, to be the church, to stand against evil. It's the assignment I've given you. I've appointed you. I've anointed you. I've prepared you. I've created you for this church. And will the church in America hear what God is saying and stand and be the church, or will we do what the German church did and said, you know what, it's not our battle, we just wanna do church. Yeah. The results that happened then, uh, I don't think it is any kind of a stretching of history to say that it's gonna be exact, it is the same thing here. It's, it's starting the same, the excuses that churches give for not being active, for not being political, they say, oh, we, you know, there's good people on both sides. There's not people on, good people on both sides of the slavery issue, right? You know, like when, when you're de dealing with that, or I shouldn't say good people, but I'm saying like, th there's, there are moral issues, the unborn, uh, the slave trade. There are many times that our values as Christians bump up against the political yeah. and to shrink from politics is immoral. It's our job to stand for what is right and good and true, even if it's in the political sphere. The German church couldn't see that. And we see what happened and evil took over. So it's, it's my contention. And I really wish I were exaggerating, Randy. It's my contention. That's exactly where we are now. Exactly the same thing. One tactic that I noticed in, in Nazi Germany uh, that, I, that I thought was interesting because you wonder, I mean, even at the end of the war, there were Germans who were like, there's no concentration camps here. There's no extermination camps here. And they had to, yeah. they marched them through them and said, look, here it is. Right. And then they started to see it. But early on, the Nazis had a, a, a common enemy with the rest of the people in the country, which, uh, you know, were, were the communists. And so they stood up against the communists. And so you mentioned justice. I see the left right now coming in saying we're going to be the purveyors of justice. We have these common enemies, whether it's, you know, racism or, I don't know, climate change, I guess. And now they're trying to create a white nationalism movement that is really hard to find. Um but to say we're the good guys standing up for justice well, and a lot of churches, a lot of churches yeah. fall for that. Well, look, there's a lot of dumb Christians. OK, Let, let's be let's be real clear. The German Christians fell for it. Yeah. And, and we should all be horrified that our Christian brothers and sisters fell for it. They were that dumb, that foolish that they fell for these lies. But many Christians are falling for it today. Many Christians are their theology is like, you know, a, a millimeter deep. They, 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 somebody throws a scripture at them, you know, like, oh, we're supposed to care about the strangers. Okay, open borders. Yeah. How do you get to open borders from we're supposed to care about the strangers? Do you understand that the strangers are being raped and trafficked yeah. uh, because of our open border policy? Yeah. No, it's a little more complicated. But, but, but if your theology is that shallow and you don't, you, let's, let's boil it down. If you really don't care, you're just going to go with the flow. And the flow says, oh, yeah, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, whatever, whatever. If you look a little deeper, you see this is a Marxist uh, organization that actually does not care about real racism. Right. They care about ginning up racism so they can get power. But they're they're playing you for a sucker. Uh, when people throw the term around white nationalism, 
Christian nationalism. I mean, Christian nationalism is a totally made up term. It's designed for one thing, to shut God's voice right. in America, right. to shut the voice of the church in America. And there are many Christians who are so thin skinned that it, all you have to do is accuse them of Christian nationalism. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess I won't get involved in politics. Who will get involved in politics? Atheist Marxists who hate America, <laughs> couldn't care less about actual racism who who are the enemies of justice much less trying to bring about justice if the church is not alive in all these spheres we create a vacuum and the enemy brings his values in and again that is what happened in germany it happened to good people it is happening in america because good people are refusing to do the right thing refusing to open their eyes i mean look it's why we made the film is some people aren't going to read the book letter to the american church well we want to make it easy See yeah. the film so you can uh, so you can at least have a conversation about this. You can hear a little bit about what's going on, because I'll tell you, if the Germans knew in 1933, 34, where things were going because of their silence on this stuff, yeah. they many of them would not have been silent. Right. They would have said, you know what, honestly, I will risk my life. I had no idea where this is going. I will live out my faith now. Yeah. And that's what Bonifor was trying to get them to do. They didn't do it. So the reason we made the film is uh, because I know not everybody's like a book reader, but this is uh, this is an opportunity for the Church of Jesus Christ in our time. This is a, a huge opportunity, uh, and we don't want to miss this. This, yeah. is a, this is an exciting thing, but we can miss it. The Lord's not going to force us to step up. Yeah, yeah. All right, this is the website, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Looks just like this. You can go there, and you can find out how to uh, screen it, maybe in your church, uh, any other group you've got, or to find a screening near you. Uh, that's all. It just started. Uh, he's had a few screenings, um, and you need to jump on this quickly. So, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Uh, in that progression, though, when I, you know, in my shallow studies, which are probably a little deeper than the average person, you, you see the early on kind of posturing of the Nazis, and then you see it get to a point where they've gained enough power that now if I speak out against them, I'm going to lose reputation. There you go. I'm going to lose that's, status, that's right maybe yeah. lose my job. Yeah. Uh, and, and I go, okay, well, we're, we're there. Yeah. That intimidation factor is, well, we're already down that track. Yeah. Well, isn't that the question is like, if you claim to be a Christian, you're supposed to live out your faith. You're supposed to be fearless. And I think a lot of Christians act like, well, they're having courage. That's extra credit. No. No, it's not extra credit. Or that's if for you the pastor. Have faith. Yeah. What? Or that's for the pastor. That's what you know. Yeah. But I'm just the average. Yeah. And, and the pastor is not the church. You're the church. If you yeah. claim to be a Christian, you're the church. And God calls us all to live out our faith. So why is it that people in other countries could risk their lives for their faith, but I won't even risk my job, my neighbor disliking me? How shallow uh, and broken has the American church become? that we're like that, that we've become thin-skinned. The Lord calls us to battle for his purposes. Human beings are at stake. We're, we're supposed to stand up for what is right and good and true. And I really think, again, the Lord has allowed these crazy, horrible things to happen to wake up those who can be awakened. There yeah. are some that they don't they don't care. They yeah. don't care. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got to ask, are they saved? I mean, if you don't care about this stuff, uh, if you just think, well, it's not my battle, of course, it's our battle. The only question is, what is the Lord calling you to in the battle? But every one of us has a role to play. And I think it's a chilling thing. Again, when you look at what happened in Germany, good people got it wrong. And when they woke up, just like you said, it was too late. Yeah, it was. It, it was. was too late. I have, a, I have a sequel to this book, uh, Letter to the American Church, 
coming out in April. It's called Religionless Christianity. And I talk about, you know, some of this, uh, you know, just how it broke down, that how you can get so religious that you don't see the big picture. And you have a lot of people that have this like really religious view in the negative sense, and they don't see that God is calling you uh, to love your neighbor and to, 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 to speak your faith into the culture, to get involved politically. They've got a very religious view. They said, we're not supposed to be political. Right. That's not biblical. Yeah, How did that right. lie creep into the American church that we're not supposed to be political? Where do we get that idea? Yeah. I'm not supposed to make an idol of politics. I'm not supposed to make an idol of my family or my love of my wife. I'm not supposed to make an idol of anything, but I'm supposed to use what the Lord has given me. And he's given us all freedom. We are in a free country where we can vote and we can be involved politically. We can bring God's values in to the public sphere, into the political sphere, into the cultural yeah. sphere. And we kind of act, oh, well, that's not my job. Yes, it is your job. And and, and again, that's biblical. That's yeah. not my oh, yeah. opinion. That's right. the point is it's biblical. And that's why we made the film, because I think that, um, I don't know if you said it already, but like this is available, any church that wants to do a screening of this mm -hmm. for free, we're doing this. If you just go to the website, lettertothemericanchurch.com, but but we've got to get this message out. The hour yeah. is late. Yeah, the yeah. hour is late. In in a in a moment. Uh, and again, you you said it before. There was a time when these folks did not speak up, and the Nazis, while the church was being silent, while the church is confused, they're amassing more and more and more power. Right. And eventually, they had enough power so that when the church said, "Oh, we'd like to say something," they were like shut up you have yep. no right in this culture to say right. one word right the state owns you right the state we will throw you in a concentration camp if you open your mouth yeah. if they'd spoken up two years earlier they could have spoken yeah. but they didn't and when they finally spoke up it was it was too late and that's kind of exactly where we are it's a race against time it, it, it is and you know long before mars hill was a church in seattle it was a place where paul went uh to speak the gospel and it was the center of politics it was not a, a church in Rome, you know, so we have precedent there. Okay, so this this track that I see from deception, intimidation, another aspect aspect of that is um, it, it sort of infiltration and corruption of institutions, and and I think we've seen this in the church. We've certainly seen I've seen it, unfortunately, in well, you see it in universities that started out as sort of Christian universities or at least had a foundation long ago gone. And even some Christian universities now, yeah. uh, but it, it, all the institutions, uh, our, our um, justice system, right? You know, right. We have someone right now in this administration who is going after pro-lifers uh, stridently, and that's why we've seen some people, you know, sentenced recently. I don't know how. I don't think they actually hit their sentencing phase, but we're, we're seeing we're seeing kind of crazy stuff because because of the corruption of the institutions. That's it's right evil. out of the Nazi playbook. No, it, listen, and we have to call it what it is. This is evil. Mm -hmm. And I want to say to my brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're not fighting against this, if you're not voting against this, you're part of the problem. Think about that, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. You can be part of the problem by simply not doing anything yeah. because you're allowing this. This is a level of wickedness that we've not seen in this country. If you're not part of the solution to fight against it, you're allowing it to happen. And there are many people who are going to churches that are totally blind to this stuff. They're not talking about it. Yeah. For them, it's like, no, we don't go there in this church. We just preach the gospel. Well, then you're more Christian than Jesus because Jesus didn't just preach the gospel. Jesus spoke against corruption. Jesus, Jesus thundered um, against hypocrisy. So this idea that the only thing we could do is share my little faith and, and get somebody to, you know, 
uh, sign off on John 3.16. That's the entirety of the church's mission. That's not biblical. And if you bought that, and if you're going to a church that bought that, that says, well, we're neutral here. How can you be neutral when the forces of Marxist atheism, which are satanic? I mean, Billy Graham, the greatest evangelist who ever lived, I mean, he he called out communism as atheistic doctrine, evil doctrine. Mm -hmm. Those forces are on the march in America, and you've got tons of churches who are either ignoring it uh, or mostly ignoring it or doing nothing about it or opening the door to it, right. whether it's critical race theory, right. you know, BLM stuff, whatever. This is Marxism, folks. Right. The, 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 the scripture is clear on racism. We don't need, you know, the BLM movement to tell us, oh, yeah, racism is wrong. <laughs> this is really designed to gain power. And uh, again, these critical race theorists, uh, critical theorists, um, the Frankfurt School, uh, cultural Marxism, they don't care about right or wrong. They care about power. And they've infiltrated churches and seminaries. And I just want to say, folks, it's it's not enough just even to know that's wrong. But you've got to you've got to do your part in fighting against it because they're coming for you, for your kids, for your neighbors. We're supposed to love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. If you love your neighbor, you're going to speak up against this stuff. So I'm, I'm not going to dwell on this, but I want to say one thing about uh, critical race theory. There's one thing that I agree with. And one of the tenets of critical race theory is, is that race is a social construct. You and I know that race is not a biblical idea. It's straight out of Darwinism, says that we evolved from common ancestor, but in different ways, some in better than others. And it, it, it is also not scientific. Science has, has rejected that Darwinistic idea. And if race isn't biblical and it's not scientific and it's merely a social construct, I don't even like the term. I refuse to use it. I reject the idea of race out of hand. So, well, it's trying it's trying to suck us in to, you know, the what what the Marxists are all about right. is dividing. Right. They want to divide us. And so they want to put us in these different categories. Exactly right. You know, my, my mother grew up in Germany, my father grew up in Greece. Uh, I live in America. So what am I? You know, what are you? What are, right. it, you, you start playing this game where you're seeing people in this narrow way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know who it was, um, but who's just saying like, you know what? I'm not African-American. I'm American. Right. Like, come on. Right. And you start realizing, I guess it was, um, uh, uh, Lionel Richie's daughter, um, who said that to Oprah some years ago. Mm. And, and I thought to myself, th these ideas are designed ultimately, um, just to divide us Absolutely. from each other. Instead Absolutely. of us loving each other, Absolutely. Uh, it's about dividing us, putting us in categories. You see the same thing between men and women, the, the, the kind of like, you know, right. the, the, the idea that, you know, well, women need to to win. And we, it's like we all need to win. If, if men <laughs> right. raise up women and women raise up men, we raise each other up and we, we're all blessed. But if we can divide people from each other and say it's a zero-sum game, that's the Marxist idea that it's a right. zero-sum game, that one guy wins, the other guy loses. Right. It doesn't believe in the idea that everybody can win. Right, right. Now, that's the biblical idea. That's an American idea. That's the, the proper use of capitalism to build wealth. They say, no, 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 wealth is finite. And if you got a dollar, it means you don't got a dollar. Right. That all these ideas are designed to confuse us and ultimately to divide us so that they can take power. Uh, and so we're living at a time right now. I mean, you you referred to it a minute ago. Darwinism. In other words, if you're not a Christian, you have no basis on which to say racism is even wrong. Christians know that the scripture says we're all created equal in God's sight. Yeah. We're all made in God's image. God's oh, no respect. From one man, died. Paul said, yeah. Oh, from for, for all of us. God died for all of us. So 
if you don't have that biblical view and you just believe in Darwinism, you say, you know what, there's no God and we just all evolved out of the primordial soup. So obviously some people are gonna be more evolved than others. Which mm. group is more evolved? Yeah. Racism follows from this atheist Darwinist view. Yep. And so think of the irony, it is Christians only that say <laughs> that's a wrong view. Right, and right. So, so all these people that say I'm a Marxist and I'm against racism, my question is why are you even against racism? Right. What is it in your atheist doctrine that gives you the basis to say anything is right or wrong? So they, they really are playing with our heads and we need to stand against it. Again, it's why we made the film because I want everybody to understand just enough that, that they've got a role in this. L- last thing and then I'll let you go uh, and I appreciate love love the conversation, but later in the Nazi era, they got to the point where they were saying the quiet things out loud, right? Correct. They were, I mean, yes. they were railing against the Jews and the gypsies and, and sort of the mask had come off, you know, the yeah. church in a lot of ways had been played by Hitler. Some people are like, Oh, Hitler was a Christian. He went to this church. Nah, he was playing them. Right. You know, obviously, uh, yeah. obviously. Right. Um, but I have heard very recently people saying literally, I, I think it was on the view. One of them said, well, the problem are these white Christians. And it wasn't white nationalists and it wasn't white supremacists. Yeah. It was the problem are these Christians. Yeah. I'm hearing that more and more. And that's not an isolated and I, thing. And I agree with that. Christians are the problem. <laughs> we have a biblical view and it is at war yeah. with the view of all of these secularists and all these Marxists and, and all these big government types. Who, Christians are always yeah. the problem. Yeah. And that is why authoritarian governments come after the Christians. And of course, now they're beginning to say it. But now they're beginning to say all kinds of stuff. Uh, that they wouldn't have dared to say a little while ago. Exactly really right. Easy stuff. I mean, all you need to, I mean, let's talk about open borders. Nobody was talking about that a few years ago. Now they're saying like, oh yeah, open borders, great idea. Defund the police, great idea. Uh, go after the pro-lifers. They right. have been emboldened. Right. They have been emboldened more and more and more. And I honestly think that this is an opportunity for people who hadn't really seen it now to see it and to look around and to say, okay, this is crazy. There's more than two sexes. I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, You think that it's appropriate to talk about that weird stuff with children. I don't think so. A lot of normal Americans are finally waking up to like, we had no idea where this was going. Drag queen story hour. I don't think so. This is crazy stuff. And, and again, that's just mentioning a few things, but I really think that the hour of the American church is now uh, God is calling us to wake up to the fact that we have a role and we need to step up to be the church now, not to talk about church, not to play church, but to be the church, to be active, to bring God's values into every sphere. If we don't do it, the enemy uh, will happily crush us and crush everything that's good and beautiful and true. But the Lord has raised up a church to stand against that. And if we don't do it, we will go the way of Germany in the 30s. That's where we're going now, but I believe by God's grace, people are waking up. And again, we made letter to the American church, the film, uh, to wake up those who are still not awakened, to galvanize them and get them excited that this is God's assignment for his people now. All right. You guys watching, it's uh, it's time to crank up that light. Yes, the darkness is there, but the light will overcome. So check out Letter to the American Church. You can also go to ericmetaxas.com, see more about him, listen to his show and things like that. But yeah, wake wake up, get yourself informed, uh, go to the website and you can host uh, a screening of that film and it will uh, ignite something I think that is good because the good news is that we're on the winning side anyway. So let's go ahead and claim that victory. And that means standing up, speaking up. 
appreciate you guys being here. Be sure to join us next time on Life Today Live. Uh, and uh, go, go listen to little Eric Metaxas. He'll get you fired up. <laughs> appreciate you guys. See you again next time here on Life Today Live. You're the fruit. You're the fruit. You're the fruit. Exports. <laughs>